is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for August 4th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. That round of applause is for my guy, Jason Barker, who already donated a $100 Super Chat. Jason, thank you so much, brother. Let's get those likes up so we can pop the bottles. Every 100 likes equals one bottle. Formulaic Smackdown. And that's what it was, Jason. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate your generosity. And yes, let's get those likes up. Let's listen to Jason. I'd love to see a 1,000 likes if possible on tonight's stream. I know we'll get there, but if you guys have not hit the thumbs up, do what Jason says, man, and be a good, good little audience member tonight. SmackDown, man. Um, You know, very formulaic episode, like my guy Jason said. Really nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, Typical SmackDown. Very basic go-home show formula tonight. It wasn't a terrible, terrible show was it overly exciting? No. Did I find myself in my phone most of the show? Absolutely. Did I find myself getting up to find something else to do during certain segments of the show? Absolutely. But the big thing tonight, man, I guess we'll start with L.A. Night because everybody is bitching and moaning about L.A. Night. I made a video today, an extra. If you guys missed it, go and check it out. If you guys are a VIP, you got today's video early. You got yesterday's video on Vince McMahon early. After this show is over, you guys are going to get the almost one hour back and forth between Jesse and I regarding Lufisto and the AEW women's division. That's going up for you guys early. So it pays to be a VIP, become a channel member, man. The video that I did today on LA Night, it really resonated with a lot of people because it's exactly how a lot of people feel. WWE has this Slim Jim, snap into a Slim Jim, ooh, yeah. Slim Jim, Battle Royal. I'm sure they'll have somebody come out as uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Sure, they'll do that. Probably not. Guy got fucking blackballed before he actually passed away and then went into the Hall of Fame. But I digress. Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. And LA Knight 
is the odds-on favorite to win this battle royal. Now, I said in the video today there was a rumor going around that WWE is waiting to push LA Knight, that plans are in place, the cards are in play for LA Knight. It's great. That's great. Words on paper, that's all that is to me. Or words on the internet, that's all that means to me. Until we physically see everything that has been reported play out in real life, then nobody should trust WWE. I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know what the fuck everybody's talking about. I, I don't know why anybody would believe this fucking place uh, to save their lives. Uh, I, I wouldn't trust Bruce Pritchard to fucking uh, walk my dog. I wouldn't trust him to go get me a fucking cup of water from the goddamn water fountain. God only knows what he would put in it. I don't trust this place, and neither should you. All these rumors, all these reports that WWE is going to push LA Knight, all it is is some idiot in the community reporting bullshit. That's all it is. WWE does not want to push LA Knight. They even have Michael Cole pushing the narrative. Oh, all because it's not happening right now doesn't mean that it's not happening. I'm sorry. What have you done lately, Vince? What have you done lately, Cole, Bruce, and everybody else that's a part of this fucking bullshit? What have you guys done lately for us to really believe you? I don't understand that. The push is coming. L.A. Knight and the push is nothing more than a fabrication. It's bogus. Until I see it play out, then I will believe everything that people are saying about L.A. Knight. But the thing with L.A. Knight is the guy's over. And WWE hopefully is paying attention. He's got like six of the top ten spots for merchandise in the month of July. The guy had the number one selling t-shirt in all of the company past Cody Rhodes and past Roman Reigns. I mean, if that doesn't speak... To Vince McMahon, I don't know what does. It's amazing how this company has something that fell into their lap like this out of nowhere without a plan. Nobody planned for this. It just, Vince has free money. It's what it is. Vince hit the lottery with LA Knight. Guy is fucking absolutely the biggest baby face on the brand. He may be the biggest baby face outside Cody Rhodes in the entire company. Point blank, period. But the thing with LA Knight is, WWE's done this in the past with several others, most notably Daniel Bryan. If WWE wanted to push Daniel Bryan, then they would have pushed him from the word go. They didn't have Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble in 2014. Who won the Royal Rumble in 2014? It was Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista and Randy Orton was the Pictured main event for Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 30. WWE only then gave you Daniel Bryan and factored him into the WrestleMania plans. Do you genuinely believe that that was the plan all along for Daniel Bryan to not come out at number 30 and for Dave Bautista to win the fucking Royal Rumble? The answer is no. If Bryan was the plan, then Bryan would have been the plan from the word go. L.A. Knight. WWE officials have a problem believing anything regarding LA Knight's push. There is some in the company 
that feel that WWE is waiting for LA Knight to fizzle out. That's exactly what they hoped for with Daniel Bryan. They hope the yes movement will fizzle out. WWE is going to do the bare minimum. They're going to get LA Knight on TV. They're going to get a, a microphone in LA Knight's hand. They're going to push LA Knight and give you a little morsel there, a little crumb there, a little slice or a sliver of the pizza pie there, but never give you the full slice. WWE is going to do enough to pretend that they're pushing LA Knight. I do believe that they're waiting for him to fizzle out because the company never planned for this to happen at all. Fizzle out. They want it to go away. If they don't put LA Knight on TV and they don't act like they're doing something with him, people will begin to get suspicious about LA Knight and WWE's intentions. So they have to push LA Knight. They have to keep him on TV. You can't keep L.A. Knight in the back. People are going to start asking questions. But I ask you this, and I mean this in in all sincerity. And and I'm speaking not from a hater or a conspiracy theory mindset. I'm speaking to you one-on-one because, A, I've been watching this fucking company for many, 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 many years. I know how they operate. I do. I've seen Vince McMahon kill them all. I've seen him kill them all with us standing there asking why. WWE will give you morsels with LA Knight. But do you genuinely believe Vince McMahon wants to push LA Knight? Well, you may think so, and you may think, yes, based on the merchandise sales. That's fine. It's great. But the reality of the situation is Vince was in charge before June 2022. LA Knight came up to the main roster as L.A. Knight. He worked a dark match, a dark match, a dark match as L.A. Knight on SmackDown before SmackDown. I remember it. Then he shows up on SmackDown as Max Dupree. Then he's managing maximum male models, and we have a beachwear swimset suit, and we have a fashion show. And you can tell, because it was written all over his face, that he hated it. WWE did not have any vision for LA Knight. Vince did not have a vision. Bruce did not have a vision for LA Knight. And the reason why they didn't have a vision for LA Knight is because Vince didn't create LA Knight. LA Knight was just another name that came off of black and gold in the very late, late era of black and gold. And they were looking to kill basically everything that NXT was. They did it all through the years that Triple H ran black and gold. L.A. Knight was no exception to that rule. He gets called up. He gets a name change. Why did he need a name change? Why did you call him up then? If you found no value in him other than being a manager. That's what I want to know. So Vince calls him up. Guy's basically dead to rights. He wanted to quit. He wanted to walk out. This guy was going to be without a job quickly. He knew the gimmick was dead. It was going nowhere. Dead end for his career. Vince then gets in trouble by the Wall Street Journal. Triple H is then announced officially, publicly, as the chief content officer running creative. L.A. Knight returns. L.A. Knight is now blooming on the main roster. One of Triple H's best moves to date outside of the Bloodline storyline and the rise of the IC title and Gunther. L.A. 
L.A. Knight is now back in business. But now Vince McMahon is back. Vince McMahon himself is back in business. Vince McMahon's running creative. Vince McMahon's shadow is looming large. Spinal surgery? Who knows? Who knows? Does Vince really have spinal surgery? Did he really go get spinal surgery? I don't know, man. That's a questionable fucking statement. Did Vince schedule spinal surgery to evade the federal law enforcement? Conveniently, they go seek a Vince McMahon search warrant and give this guy a subpoena. Right as he has to go get spinal surgery. But Vince McMahon is running the show in life or in death, no matter what. And WWE, with the LA Knight story, do you genuinely believe Vince is going to push LA Knight on TV after he wanted him as Max Dupree? And I say this because if Max Dupree was the vision for, for Vince McMahon and LA Knight is the vision for Triple H, if LA Knight continues to get over, sells merch, becomes a big deal, becomes the megastar under a Vince McMahon-led WWE creative, don't you think that Vince McMahon would be looked at as wrong? I'm sorry, folks. I don't see it any other way. L.A. Knight may be held back because of Vince McMahon's ego. If L.A. Knight succeeds, Vince looks bad. If L.A. Knight succeeds, Vince is wrong. He's not the creative genius that he thinks he is. This one would go to Triple H, put one on the scoreboard for his son-in-law, Paul Levesque. So no, I don't believe L.A. Knight's getting pushed. No, I don't. And this narrative about the Battle Royal happening. The Battle Royal is only happening because they're looking to give all of those guys a spot on SummerSlam because the creative team is so fucking garbage that they don't have anything for all of those guys heading into the biggest pay-per-view this summer. Somehow, some way, people have turned it into sexism. Oh, why does LA Knight get a spot, but Rhea Ripley's not on the show? Why do they have a 20-man battle royal, but they can't give Rhea Ripley a match with Raquel Rodriguez and Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus is not on the show? The IWC have turned everything into a sexist agenda. A sexist narrative. That's what they've done. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, because we had three women's segments tonight, so I doubt it's sexism. I don't see this energy for booking a better women's division. You're all worried about Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley getting on SummerSlam. Why? What have they done to earn a spot at SummerSlam for what they are doing on television? Does the match belong on SummerSlam? Has it earned a spot on SummerSlam? The answer is no. The answer is no. And neither has Becky Lynch or Trish Stratus. I'm going to hurt a lot of feelings tonight, man, when we talk about that. I'm going to hurt a lot of feelings this weekend when I talk about this because I feel like I'm going to be mentioning this over and over and over again. Becky Lynch does not deserve to be on SummerSlam. Trish Stratus does not deserve to be on SummerSlam. The most dead feud of the entire year in any promotion is Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. It belongs nowhere on the second biggest show that WWE puts on all year. Neither does Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. 
cry me a river. It's not sexism. It's not some men versus women narrative. Give me a break. It doesn't belong because it's not good. Save that energy for the management that is booking this shit. The women's division certainly does deserve better. But when they give us shit and you ask me why Rhea Ripley's not on the fucking show, I'm going to tell you, good. Whose fault is it that she doesn't have a solid feud and hasn't had a solid feud coming out of WrestleMania? Is it my fault? Is it your fault? Or is it Vince McMahon's fault? I don't get it. And then half-witted idiots online are blaming Triple H. Half-witted fucking geeks online are blaming Triple H for the lack of direction in the women's division. This is the shit that I have to read when I open Twitter up. What show are you watching, and who the fuck do you think is running the women's division? Because it certainly ain't Paul Levesque. I could tell when people have not watched anything black and gold related. These people have not watched a single fucking episode of NXT black and gold. They were zoned out. Don't know where they were. Don't know what they were doing, but they certainly weren't watching magic happening every single Wednesday. Do you know who ran that women's division? Paul Levesque, William Regal. Matt Bloom, Sarah Amato, and everybody else that fucking helped make that show the greatest wrestling show on the face of the fucking planet. Why would you think that Triple H running that show, making NXT the greatest women's division in all of wrestling in North America? Why would you think that Triple H would be responsible for the fucking garbage that you're seeing now? The garbage that you're seeing now is the vision of one man, and it ain't Paul Levesque. I don't understand you people. How could you look at Triple H and his body of work with the women for 10 years in NXT and then think that he's doing what he's doing on the main roster now and it's all his fault? You fucking serious? How stupid are you? How could you go out there and blatantly think that this is Paul Levesque's fault? My God, man. become dumber every time I open Twitter. I'm in some mood. We're going to rant tonight. Smackdown sucked. I didn't like it. Not a bad show. It's boring. Nothing really else to talk about. LA Knight, Sheamus. We'll talk about that. LA Knight lost tonight. He didn't win the match. So LA Knight not winning the match against Sheamus Does that factor into what happens to him tomorrow night? I don't know. Shotzi Blackheart out there thinking that she's Brutus the Barber Beefcake with the fucking scissors. Edward Scissorhands out there. She doesn't look bad as a baldy. She doesn't. Hopefully her sister's doing well. But my God, man, that was a absolutely awful, awful segment. Awful. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Solo Sokoa and Jay Uso in the main event and what happened with Jay Uso and Paul Heyman. And then, uh, I'm sorry, I thought that was fucking the song. I'm playing, yeah, this is this is exactly what I think of Shotzi. Yeah, that's exactly what I think of Shotzi. This is what I wanted to play. There you go. And uh, we will have a good time tonight, man. We'll have a good time tonight. 
Got to save my energy, man. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. L.A. Night won. Did L.A. Night win? I'm sorry. Did L.A. Night win? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. L.A. Night won. I'm sorry. L.A. Night. L.A. Night won. L.A. Night won. I'm thinking something else. I'm thinking what I originally tweeted. L.A. Night won. L.A. Night won tonight. That means it's a bad night for him tomorrow night. That's what I meant. Sorry, guys. I'm not all there right now. It's going to be a busy day tomorrow night, man. Or tomorrow. Tomorrow night's going to be a busy night. Let me tell you what's going on here, man. Tonight, as soon as I get done with this show, I'm going to work on uploading what I think is some of Jesse and I's best work. My partner in crime on Wednesday night, man, Chi-Town Smart and I talked about this Lufisto AEW locker room situation. 45 minutes. We document it all, man. An educated, level-headed discussion on the evidence that we've seen all across social media. If you're a member, you're getting it tonight. Everybody else, you're getting it tomorrow afternoon. Secondly, I will be live tomorrow afternoon at noon with my guy Andrew Baydala. We will be doing a SummerSlam preview and predictions tomorrow afternoon. And then Saturday night, the main event, I will be live immediately following SummerSlam as always. So I'm going to need you guys to show up, show out, bring your beverages, have a seat, RSVP. It's going to be a busy one. It's going to be a busy one, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you guys for the Cameo love this week. You guys are awesome. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are 500 subscribers away from 148,000 subscribers. Appreciate you. You guys are great. Hit that thumbs up. Strive for 1,000 likes minimum today on OTS. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. Plenty of it. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You're going to need it this weekend, man. The fucking summer is getting hotter and heavier. Blue Chew. Going to take you into those summer months, man. It is your personal long-term booking. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. You guys are going to get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5. Shipping and handling. I'll be in London in three weeks. I got to get myself together, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing out there. Do I do some vlogging? Do I do some videos out in the open for you guys? Sightseeing in London? I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. I'm not really the one to vlog out in public, man. I have a uh, a shyness about me when I'm talking to a camera out in public. But I guess everybody does it now, right? It's the norm. But uh, Jesse and I will be in London at the end of the month, man. I'm still nailing down a couple of bars for the meet and greet. Still waiting for uh, some phone calls back. So as soon as I hear back, uh, I will 
let you guys know where we're going to be meeting up. It's going to be on a Saturday night right before the pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh, Saturday night, I feel, is going to be best because... I don't know. I want to enjoy my Sunday. So we'll figure it out, man. There's going to be a lot going on, and I will keep you guys up to date on everything that's going on right here on OTS. Let's get into SmackDown here tonight, man. We're going to open up with LA Knight versus Sheamus. Yes, LA Knight won. LA Knight won the match, man, with the uh, little finisher he's got going on there. What is that, a blunt force trauma? Yeah, he, he won the match. So we got Sheamus and LA Knight. This match was made because Adam Pearce made the Battle Royal a week ago. And LA Knight wanted in the Battle Royal because he didn't win the United States Championship Invitational. And Sheamus walked up and had a problem with LA Knight. So we got this match taking place tonight. This was a solid match up until the botch. The botch kind of made people roll their eyes, but it was a fine match, a competitive match. LA Knight looked strong. Sheamus looked strong. But the thing is, you know, if you pay attention to the pro wrestling textbook, pro wrestling 101, normally, if you get the one up on your opponent the night before a pay-per-view, in this case, LA Knight winning over Sheamus tonight on SmackDown, doesn't really bode well for LA Knight winning the Battle Royal tomorrow night. Now, I don't know who else would win it. I mean, you got a couple of names in there, man. You got Karrion Cross. You got AJ Styles. You got Miz. You got Nakamura in there. And Grayson Waller's in there. If LA Knight doesn't win, which I'm assuming most of the audience wants LA Knight to win... I would think that Grayson Waller gets the victory. The kid hasn't had a fucking win on the main roster yet. So I could absolutely see Grayson Waller winning the Battle Royal. But this was a solid match. They botched at the end, and, you know, it's not an easy spot. The spot that they fucked up tonight, man, it's not an easy spot. Sheamus is not a lightweight. He's not. The ropes are slippery. It's a hot summer night. Shit happens. Sheamus showed his power off early. Knight started gaining momentum. He had a big crossbody. Both guys go tumbling over the top rope to the outside. All of a sudden, this is typical Vince McMahon. This is typical Vince McMahon. We got Santos Escobar, The Miz, Grayson Waller, Karrion Cross, AJ Styles, The Brawling Brutes, all out there. So all of the Battle Royal participants are now making their way down the aisle. And they're all parading around the ring. This turned into a default lumberjack match. But this is what Vince McMahon thinks is building intrigue towards this battle royal. Oh, let's get everybody out there, pal. That's a great visual, Bruce. No, it's not. It should be LA Knight and Sheamus. I don't give a fuck about anybody else, but LA Knight and Sheamus right now. So we got a commercial break. L.A. Knight fought back. He was in a chin lock, chin lock, planted Sheamus with a DDT. They start a slugfest with each other. He drops his leaping elbow that is his version of the people's elbow. I don't know what he calls it, but people make fun of him because he basically not only sounds like Dwayne, but he's now stealing the people's elbow. He made it his. Can't shame the guy. He's doing his thing. 
L.A. Knight got a near fall off of a torture rack slam. Sheamus escaped blunt force trauma into an Irish curse backbreaker in the corner. Sheamus connected with an avalanche white noise. I thought that was it. I thought L.A. Knight was done for. Sheamus locked in a cloverleaf. L.A. Knight got the ropes to break it. Sheamus pulled himself up into the corner. He sat there for a little bit. L.A. Knight tried to springboard up to the top rope in one shot. He fell down. He corrected himself and made it look good. He jumps back up there, and he tried for, I believe, a vertical suplex on Sheamus. But Sheamus was kind of teetering off of the turnbuckle anyway, and he eventually slipped off the top rope, and L.A. Knight slipped along with him. So they both go to the outside, and I don't know what was supposed to happen here, but it certainly looked like everybody on the outside called an audible and started brawling on the outside to take away from the nature of the botch. That's the vibe I got. I don't know if everybody was supposed to start to brawl at that point. Maybe it was supposed to happen at the end of the match, but the brawl definitely felt a little rushed. If you guys watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. So they fell off the top rope. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Ref went to go check on both of them. All of a sudden, Austin Theory ran out and attacked Santos Escobar. And everybody started brawling at ringside. Miz ran his mouth too much. Sheamus picks him up on the ring apron. He eats 10 beats right to the chest by Sheamus. Sheamus turned around and LA Knight connected with Blunt Force Trauma to get the win. LA Knight escaped Cross and Waller, who started brawling. And they will all get each other in the Battle Royal tomorrow night. So LA Knight wins. The match itself was fine outside the botch. Like I said, it was a competitive match. LA Knight looked good. I've seen a lot of people shaming LA Knight's in-ring ability. He can't back it up in the ring. He's got a great mic. uh, And he's not uh, somebody that's going to back it up. He hasn't had a really good match yet. I mean, they really haven't given him much to work with, to be quite honest with you. I don't know why they even say that, because to be quite honest with you, L.A. Knight outshined Bray Wyatt in their feud. He did. And you can't really gauge anything off the match that they had, because the match that they had was fucking atrocious. But give L.A. Knight some time, man. He's not that bad in the ring. He's really not that bad. He is very good. But he gets the victory here. And what I'm concerned with is with him getting the victory here tonight, does he get the victory tomorrow night? I don't know. I don't really know. If you follow Pro Wrestling 101, the winner tonight doesn't necessarily mean he's the same guy tomorrow. So LA Knight wins tonight. Could be Sheamus winning the Battle Royal tomorrow. Could be Grayson Waller winning. Could be Karrion Cross. It could be anybody. But LA Knight's not a definite victory tomorrow. He's not. He's the odds-on favorite, the fan favorite. But he's not going in there as, oh my God, he's definitely got this one in the bag. And have they even said what the winner of this battle royal gets? This is a Slim Jim battle royal. What does the winner of this battle royal get? Nothing. Title shot? Nah. A yearly supply of Slim Jim? Maybe. But what do they get? Or is it just a token battle royal to get everyone on the card? And then, obviously, to make the IWC unhappy because they feel like 20 guys here don't belong, but Raquel Rodriguez and Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus and Rhea Ripley belong on the show. Great. Can't make everybody happy. Go grab a fucking Kleenex and shut the fuck up. 
backstage, we got the Brawling Brutes and the OC. This is Anderson and Gallows with AJ Styles and Mia Yim. They are all yelling at each other. Adam Pearce gets in between them. He told Holland and Butch, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows to all get out of here and go to the ring and settle this in the ring. Sheamus and Styles ended in a face-off. Now, I don't know if that means this is going to be a feud after SummerSlam or if this was just done to basically hype up the Battle Royal, but Sheamus and AJ Styles feuding over nothing doesn't really pique my interest. It's probably done for dramatic effect for the Battle Royal tomorrow night and nothing more. Rich Holland. He's teaming with Butch against Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows with Meechin. Now, I don't remember the terminology that Michael Cole used, but he said something about Butch that resonated with me very deeply. He called Butch something scrappy or, you know, something dog-like. I forgot what he said. Uh, 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 something hound or, you know, he was uh, something. He used the dog terminology with Butch, did Michael Cole. I mean, they're really playing into that now, right? I mean, this is fucking blatant. He used some dog terminology to describe what Butch's characteristics are and Butch's attitude. Are you serious? We have Michael Cole out there basically calling Butch scrappy do. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Reggie. A mangy mutt. That's what he called him. A mangy mutt. Thank you, uh, Congo. And thank you, Seed. Michael Cole called Butch a mangy mutt. What the fuck are we doing? Yes, I'm sure Triple H fed that one into Michael Cole's headset. Vince certainly has remote from his fucking penthouse in Stamford, Connecticut. You fucking break. Either that or they're watching my show and they took my joke and stole it on SmackDown. Who else is doing that skit in the community? Nobody. Let me at him! Smash was basically there to set up the ending of this match. It was all about the ending. So we got a commercial break. Carl Anderson is taunting Ridge Holland. Took too long. And Holland clotheslined him. Hot tag to Butch. The mangy mutt, Butch. Ran wild with some kicks. Diving knee drop. Then the match broke down. All four guys got involved. Holland was sent outside by Carl Anderson. Butch was going for the finish. When Montez Ford and the Street Profits hit the ring, causing a no contest. They beat up both teams. Montez out there in some sleek business wear. Angelo Dawkins is looking sharp in some sleek business wear. He's out there with a new cut, new beard trim. He's got the tie and the white dress shirt. Montez looking slick with the gold chain and the black button up. The slacks, the shoes. Bobby Lashley's wardrobe stylist is working wonders with the Street Profits. So they beat up both teams. 
Sky High by, uh, by Angelo Dawkins. Spinning Butterfly Suplex as well by Dawkins. On Butch, I believe it was. Pounce into a back suplex. So they double teamed all four of these guys. And Montez and Angelo Dawkins stood tall. Bobby Lashley walked out and met them in the aisleway with a giant smile on his face with the crowd chanting, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Are we looking at a new Hurt Business? A new Street Mafia. Yuri Lover, I like it. Street Mafia. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who else they're going to add, but I thought they looked fucking great out there, man. You know, they didn't really need a complete overhaul. They just needed an attitude change, a gimmick change, you know, is a little bit too much, I believe. Uh, An attitude change, a a wardrobe change, and that's it. That's all you need to do. You don't need to go too much, too far with the Street Profits. They already had a great dynamic as a tag team, pairing them with Bobby Lashley, Telling you right now, man, this is going to be good stuff. You know, everybody's high on Judgment Day, right? I think this is going to be the new cool group in WWE when they get the ball rolling here. I'm already loving this. I am. So we'll see what happens with that. But it is certainly underway, man. Is it a new Hurt Business? Or are they going to be going under some different name? Something brand new, fresh for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. We'll see. Charlotte Flair. I don't know what they're doing with Charlotte Flair, man, but uh, she becomes more nauseating as the weeks go on. There was a vignette of Charlotte Flair on a yacht, and she is very, very well-dressed, scantily dressed in a swimsuit, a designer swimsuit. She's walking onto a yacht. Someone hands her a glass of champagne, And basically, she is cutting a promo on Oscar and Bianca Belair. She's talking about the biggest women's match in SummerSlam history. Is that this match tomorrow night? No. I don't know what she was talking about. This triple threat match is not the biggest women's match in WWE history, not by a long shot. She said she's not looking to beat Bianca Belair or Asuka tomorrow. They have to beat her. She said she owes Asuka, or she owns Asuka, I think she said. She owns Asuka. And Bianca Belair, listen, honey, I'm the mountain that you still need to climb. So they have to beat her, she says. And... Michael Cole called her a trailblazing superstar. Woo! I don't give a single rat's ass about this match tomorrow. Charlotte mentioned that she's undefeated at SummerSlam. Does that play into it? Wink, wink. Does Charlotte go 6-0 at SummerSlam? She's already 5-0. Are we going to get a 15-time world women's champion? Do I care? No, I don't. Another useless reign, another unmemorable reign if it does happen. What I do hope in the grand scheme of things is that we get EO cashing in the briefcase and stealing the world title from whoever the champion is. 
Asuka, as we do know, is a transitional champion. That's all she is. She's done nothing with that title. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is out there, and he is out there to explain the history of the tribal chief. Good old Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman stood in the middle of the ring, and Heyman shook his head at the Ohio crowd. Ladies, if there are any in Ohio, there may be ladies in Ohio, not terribly good-looking ones, but there may be ladies. And gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. How did it come to this? This is not what your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, wanted. He said if the fans want to blame someone for the fact that they will likely never see Jimmy Uso again, they can blame Jay Uso. So what happens at uh, SummerSlam to Jay will be the fault of Roman. There will be no remorse. There will be no regret. There will be no plea for absolution, no benediction, no forgiveness. He said Reigns is entering a match called Tribal Combat. We got a video narrated by Paul Heyman then on the big screen featuring animated uh, of the past family members in WWE. Alpha talked about the history of the necklace that Roman Reigns wears to the ring. Heyman said in the end, there will be no doubt left in anyone's mind who can carry the honor of being the undisputed tribal chief. Heyman talked about Roman Reigns being the tribal chief for damn near three years here in WWE. He said it will never be Jay Uso. He was about to say what the spoiler was, or the only spoiler he had on Saturday night, but Jay's music interrupted and Jay marched out to the ring and he got a huge reaction. Did Jay Uso. Jay said that the tribal combat is happening on Saturday night. Said Roman is going through a table. He wants to be known as the tribal chief, the head of the table. He's certainly going through a table on Saturday night. He told the passion Heyman sees in him is showing up at SummerSlam. He said he's bringing the spirit of the ancestors and the culture as well. He said he'll become the new tribal chief and the new undisputed universal heavyweight champion. Out walked Solo Sokoa. So he said Solo is the younger brother of Jay. Heyman held Solo back. Jay told Solo, Oos, chill out. Heyman said, I think what he's trying to tell you is you done screwed up now. Jay told Solo that it doesn't matter what happens between them because we are brothers and I can always forgive you because we are brothers. He told Solo they treated him the same way they're trying to treat him. He said he's been given orders just like they used to give him orders. Heyman said, no, not okay. No, no. Do you really think? And Heyman looked over at Solo, who was looking right back at Paul Heyman, kind of alarmed almost, that Jay was maybe speaking some logic, maybe speaking some sense. Maybe Jay snapped something in Solo that he wasn't previously thinking before. Solo looked at Jay and said, now, pointed to Paul Heyman, get out of the ring. Heyman told Solo, listen, listen. Solo looked at Heyman and yelled him at him again to get out of the ring. While this happened, he had his back turned to Jay Uso, who super kicked him out to the floor. Jay looked her over at Heyman, cowering in the corner. Jay told Heyman to tell his cousin he'll see him tomorrow night. 
Tell Solo I will see him later tonight. This was a great segment. This was basically, this was basically Jay Uso pleading without actually doing it to Solo Sokoa because he knows going into tomorrow night that he probably will have the disadvantage. It is going to be tribal combat. Roman Reigns is walking into this thing with a two-on-one, three-on-one, if you want to include Heyman, advantage. Jay has nobody. Jay does not have Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't know when Jimmy's coming back. Jimmy could certainly play a factor. Jimmy could return tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know at all. But this whole thing was Jay trying to get into Solo's mind and make the comparison and tell Solo, hey, you are basically walking the same exact path that I did and they're doing the same exact thing that they did to me to you. Maybe Jay realizes that he's going into this as a disadvantage or with a disadvantage, and he's trying to swing Solo Sokoa in his favor by telling him exactly what's going on here. This was a great segment. Jay Uso continues to just be absolutely fucking great. Must see television is Jay Uso. I'm not sure that he's really main event Jay Uso. But my God, man, he's really making a push for people to really take him in that role seriously. Crowd loves him. He's got charisma for days. He speaks. You listen. He's very good in the ring. He could be it. We could legitimately see Roman's reign end tomorrow. If it goes to Jay, I have no problem. I think I'm past the Cody narrative. Jay or Solo. I don't know. I just have a feeling that it's going to stay within the family. I do. So we'll see tomorrow night, man. It should be some masterclass storytelling at SummerSlam. Kayla Braxton interviewed Austin Theory backstage. Theory said Escobar injured his mentor, his so-called role model that he loves. He says that he's going to dedicate his victory next week to Rey Mysterio. He wrestles Santos Escobar, putting the United States Championship on the line. He said, first, he's going to crush the dreams of Cameron Grimes when he experiences Austin Theory live. Austin Theory just ain't connecting with the audience, is he? It's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, man. Austin Theory is a great wrestler, but... I don't know, man. He's not this bad yet, but I, I just sense that Austin Theory is walking down that same path Baron Corbin walked down. Baron Corbin is not bad in the ring. He's not. But everything that Baron Corbin did was painfully unimportant. Austin Theory is starting to feel the same exact way. I think it may be too early to start comparing him to Baron Corbin, but... I don't think anything Austin Theory's doing is terribly exciting. That needs to change ASAP. Santos Escobar should win the United States title. Easy. Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes. Three minutes. Three minutes. Saw people complaining about Zelina Vega getting a match with EO Sky, and it went three minutes. The guys got three minutes, too. The women get three minutes. The men got three minutes. What is there to complain about? 
Everything's got to be a narrative, right? This match was three minutes. I don't know why anybody thinks this is right. Austin Theory getting three minutes against Cameron Grimes. This could be a banger. This could be a legit future feud for a world title if you really want it to be. Cameron Grimes is fucking great. Has he proven anything on the main roster? They haven't given him the opportunity to. How much do you think he's going to get over wrestling? 60 seconds, two minutes, three minutes in a battle royal. Maybe he'll do good in the battle royal tomorrow if he's in the battle royal. I don't even know if he's in the battle royal. But Cameron Grimes is going through some uh, hard times on the main roster. So, Theory's on the floor. Grimes caught a distracted Theory with a cave-in. He rolled to the floor. Grimes dove through the ropes, knocked Theory down. He threw Theory into the ringside, barricaded him back into the ring. He goes to the top rope with a flying crossbody for a two-count. Grimes stayed on offense and got a couple more near falls. He went for the cave-in again, but Theory this time avoided it. Grimes climbed to the top rope. Theory knocked him off balance. Hits a town down for the win. Kind of unceremonious. Cameron Grimes had him beat legitimately, and I don't know where he gets the win over Grimes, does Austin Theory. Afterwards, Santos Escobar shows up, attacks Theory from behind, gives Theory a phantom driver, and basically laid him out before next week's big United States championship match. Santos Escobar needs to win the United States title. Easy. We got a vignette. Vignette aired on Asuka showing her working out with a punching bag and throwing kicks mixed in with some match highlights over her year. It closed with her yelling, get ready for Asuka. Ha ha. Ha ha. Where is this Asuka? It took them eight months to give us a vignette that presented and portrayed Asuka in the best way that she's been presented and portrayed all year. They waited until SummerSlam to give us a great vignette showing us how great Asuka can be. Great. Does she win on Saturday night? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. WWE announced that Kid Rock, yes, Detroit's own Kid Rock, will be hosting and narrating the SummerSlam opening video, including several Kid Rock songs. All you need is ba wata ba da bang dang diggy That's all you need. We don't need anything else. We don't need him ripping off Metallica. We don't need Cowboy. We don't need anything else. ba wata ba That's all we need. That song will perfectly summarize SummerSlam. And Detroit. Fun fact, I actually own that album. I actually own that album, man. That was a great album. For its time. I don't know if I could listen to that now, but... I mean, if Bawa Taba comes on the... Uh, Siri, or not serious. If it comes on my Spotify playlist and I'm in the Mustang, and it's a nice enough day out, the windows will be down, man. I don't mind blasting some Bawa Taba in the Mustang. It's probably the only good uh, Kid Rock song that there is. I agree. The Grayson Waller effect. The Grayson Waller effect is affecting me. Every time I watch a Grayson Waller effect, 
what I do. Sleeping. Paul's in the middle of the ring. Mike Rome introduced him. He said, it's SummerSlam weekend. And all anyone is talking about is Grayson Waller. Nobody's talking about Grayson Waller. Mark my words. He says he's going to give someone the Grayson Waller rub. What is this Grayson Waller rub that he keeps talking about? Is it dry rub for some steaks? Is he basically insinuating that he's a part of Titus Catering? The Grayson Waller rub, man. What secret spices and seasonings does Grayson Waller have up his sleeve, man? Is he trying to take Titus's spot? I don't know. Might have to hire Grayson Waller for the venue, man, if he wants to be in the kitchen. Talking about rubs and whatnot. He introduced EO Sky and Bailey. Waller asked Sky if she's going to cash in money in the bank at SummerSlam. EO was about to speak. Bailey interrupted, kind of teasing a little bit that Bailey continues to disrespect EO. Sky didn't seem to like Bailey interrupting her. Bailey said Waller must be an idiot if he thinks they're going to give away their strategy. She called the fans idiots. Shotzi and her maniacal laughter all of a sudden hits the PA system. All of a sudden you start hearing. system. You hear Shotzi's maniacal laughter. Grayson Waller's laughing at how scared Bailey was. Bailey told Grayson not to do that to her again. She said Shotzi hasn't shown her face in weeks. And where'd she go? She cut her hair and where'd she go, man? She shows up every week. Hasn't shown her face in weeks, but she shows up every week with these little clues for Bailey. Shotzi's music then plays. Bailey smiled and said, fool me once. So we see Shotzi's tank come out, and it's in the aisleway. Someone's clearly in the tank. Is it Shotzi or not? So Grayson indicated that he wasn't behind this. A tank drove out, and it wasn't Shotzi. It wasn't Shotzi in the tank. Shotzi appeared in the ring behind Bailey with her new haircut. And she had a razor, an electric razor in her hand that I swear to God was the most cheesiest thing I've seen all year. She's sitting there or standing there behind Bailey. She's got the electric razor in her hand and she turns it on. And I swear to God, man, it was louder than the fucking audience in the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. That's all you hear. All you hear. She turns it on. There's like a little, a little, uh, you know, pause. And then all of a sudden they flip on some weird fucking cheesy, cringy sound effect. And it goes off. Like there's a fucking horde of bees flying around the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. It gets better, folks. It gets better. She chased Bailey out of the ring. She chased Bailey out of the ring, 
with the electric razor. It's still going. It's still going. And then she's dancing around. <clears throat> she's dancing around. And Shotzi is... I, I don't know where they got this character from. I don't know where they're going. She's dancing around, flailing around out there. <laughs> Yet I'm the negative one. I mean, tell me when I'm telling lies, folks, really. Now you want me to sit there and, oh, yeah, man, Shotzi. Shotzi, man. Yeah, she looks, she looks great. Oh, yeah, man. I'm so excited for Shotzi's porch. <laughs> fucking garbage, man. Absolutely fucking garbage. Who writes this shit? All of a sudden, we see the tank in the aisleway, and Selena Vega's in the tank. Okay. Selena Vega's in the tank. Great. Next. We get Selena Vega in your sky next. We go to commercial break, come back from commercial break, match goes four minutes, we see two minutes of it because they went to commercial break, none of them got entrances, Vega landed a running powerbomb, Bailey's nowhere to be seen, she ran to the back, Vega landed a running powerbomb out of the corner and a code red for the victory, EO loses again to EO Sky. Or Vega beats EO Sky, rather. EO loses to Vega again. EO Sky loses to Zelina Vega two times in a row. Now, does that mean that EO is going to cash in successfully on Saturday? Or cash in successfully, period? Or is this typical Vince McMahon? Ah, they got a guaranteed title shot, pal. They can afford a loss. That's good shit. Why is EO losing to Zelina Vega two weeks in a row when she's holding the money in the bank briefcase? Yet I'm supposed to take her seriously when she cashes the briefcase in. Sure. People complained about this. People complained that Zelina Vega and EO went two minutes. I'm sorry. Did you watch the last match that was just on TV with Austin Theory and Cameron Grimes going three minutes? Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, man. The narrative in the community today was fucking disgusting. The narrative in the wrestling community today before SummerSlam was so disgusting. It is so laughable, man. I, I, want, I want to scream at my phone and fucking scream at people's faces. I do. Wishing that they'd hear me. People complained all week that Rhea Ripley and Becky and Trish and Raquel 
are not on SummerSlam. They're upset that we have eight matches and only two of them are women's matches. That's more than enough. These these geeks, they wanted 10 matches, four of which are going to be women's matches. That's what they wanted. That's what the IWC wanted. 10 matches, four of which were women's matches. Nah, it's not a good look, man. It really isn't. So we got... We want better women's wrestling, trending on Twitter, book better women's wrestling, uh, whatever, give women a chance, whatever was trending today. Ridiculous. It's nothing more than a vocal minority who are just absolutely oblivious to everything that's going on around them, complaining that Logan Paul is taking a spot away from one of the ladies and, you know, everything's got to be against the ladies and the women and this and that and There was a report that SAP put out that Becky and Trish were cut from SummerSlam because of time constraints. Good. Good. Because you certainly know that Roman and Jay is going like 35 minutes. I, I don't get what the problem is. What is the issue? People want to complain about nothing. Eight matches, three and a half hours. SummerSlam, perfect, sounds good to me. But where were you people during the black and gold days when NXT gave you two hours? Tops, you'd be lucky if you got two hours and 15 minutes for a fucking takeover. Every match was a title match. Or or, or, how many title matches? NXT title, tag team title, women's title, North American title. And then you'd have one random grudge match, five matches. Two and a half hours, post-show media scrum with Triple H on YouTube, and then you get fucking excited about the Wednesday night program. That's what he does. Triple H is quality over quantity. Time constraints, I mean, you could look at that and say, sure, time constraints, it falls right in line with that narrative. But why do you need four women's matches on SummerSlam? Why are we all of a sudden crying out for Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus on SummerSlam? The feud is the worst feud in all of pro wrestling. It's easily the worst feud in WWE. Easily. You want that on SummerSlam? Instead of them getting a major match at another pay-per-view, that's what you want. You want them in a nothing match, a dead match, to take away from the overall vibe of the show instead of getting on another show in a potentially bigger match with a better crowd. It belongs elsewhere. They're moving it to Monday Night Raw to make Monday Night Raw feel a little bit more important in Canada, Trish's home turf. So it may have some heat behind it. Raquel and Rhea, people were like, imagine having one of the greatest women champions of all time and Rhea Ripley not defending her title on the show. I'm sorry, how many pay-per-views has Rhea Ripley defended the title? Now you want to complain about it? How many people on that roster would fucking die to have Rhea Ripley's spot in general? Never mind being a women's champion. She's in the most popular group outside the bloodline on WWE TV and is basically the star of the entire group. Now, but you want to complain about 
WWE neglecting Rhea Ripley. She's going to be on SummerSlam tomorrow night, not defending the title, but you don't think she's going to be interfering in that match with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins? She'll be all over that fucking thing. She'll be out there with Dominic, backing up Finn Balor. So please, spare me your tears. Why would you want that match to take place anyway? Well, you want a title match to be built in two weeks and then put on a pay-per-view? Do you know what that would do to Raquel Rodriguez? You can't put her in a match like that. That's doomed for her to lose. So what good would she be and how would she get another match if you want to continue that going? So what they'll do is wait till payback. Right now, they are in a story waiting for Raquel to get cleared. But Rhea is going to be all over that show tomorrow. Rhea is the number one female in the entire company. Spare me your fucking crying on social media. Eight matches, two women's matches. Ronda, Shayna. This is Ronda's last match in WWE. She certainly needs to be there. You think WWE is going to leave Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair off of a fucking pay-per-view? You have a better chance of hitting the fucking Powerball three times in a row than Charlotte missing a fucking SummerSlam. They took the two matches off the show that certainly were the least interesting. But you want to sit there and complain. Oh, it's sexism. Oh, it's WWE favoring the men over the women. Oh, it's this and that. Where is that same energy for WWE creative? Where? Why is Rhea's title reign falling short? And why is Rhea's title reign unimpressive? Is it because of Rhea Ripley? No. Is it because of Raquel Rodriguez? No, it's because of WWE. This is what happens when they shorthanded the division. That division is awful. They've left nobody that has a chance against Rhea Ripley. No, but it's everybody else's fault. And you want to sit there and fucking complain and ignore the goddamn problem, the root of the problem. It's the WWE management. It's the creative team. Triple H is not booking the women's division. Do not direct your anger at Triple H. I see people on Twitter directing their anger at Triple H, booking the women's division. It is not Triple H. How can someone take the women's revolution and build it to the greatest point it has ever been? And then you sit there and blame him for all of the division's shortcomings. Triple H is not the one to blame. It's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon hates women's wrestling. Tony Khan hates women's wrestling. These major bosses hate women's wrestling. Vince never appreciated women's wrestling. Vince appreciates who he appreciates. Favoritism. Charlotte, Becky, that's it. If you're not Charlotte or Becky Lynch, he doesn't give a shit about you, Bianca. He doesn't give a shit about you. You're going to have a difficult time getting through. This is the same person that killed the WWE tag team titles in the women's division. This is the same guy that drove out Sasha Banks and Naomi out of the WWE. This is the same guy that has done absolutely nothing to better any part of the women's division. This is the same guy that continues to give them two, three minutes This is the same guy that booked a Queen's Crown tournament with fucking 60-second matches in the tournament. 
No, but it's Triple H's fault. I don't know how you could sit there and watch this man take NXT black and gold and lead the women's division to the greatest height that it's ever been in this company's history and then sit there and blame him for the fucking shortcomings on the main roster. What is wrong with you? How could you physically think that's the case? Most of you guys need to smarten up, man. A lot of you guys, a lot of you fans are really, really uneducated. You are. And it shows. Not everything is Triple H's fault. And no, the narrative is, if it's good, it's Triple H. If it's bad, it's Vince. No. Not telling you that Triple H is perfect. But you know what Triple H has a hand in, and you know what he doesn't have a hand in. You know what a Vince McMahon segment is, or you should know. And you know... What is a Vince McMahon show or a Vince McMahon formula or a Vince McMahon decision? Don't sit there and tell me that I don't know. Don't sit there and tell me I'm some conspiracy theorist or, you know, I'm a puppet and I want to blame everything on Vince. I got a Vince fucking heart on. I hate Vince for whatever reason, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry that I'm taking years and years and years and years and years of knowledge and watching this product and telling you exactly how it is. I'm sorry you don't remember anything. SummerSlam is perfect the way it is. We don't need four women's matches on any show, period. Ever. This makes Monday Night Raw stronger. This makes Payback stronger. WWE will probably end up main eventing with one of the matches at Payback. And also, let me throw this in there as well. Don't tell me that it's disrespectful for WWE to feature Becky and Trish on a B-level pay-per-view instead of a SummerSlam, which is an A-level pay-per-view. WWE's B-level pay-per-views have sold out instantly and have become bigger shows in this administration than they have been in the past administrations. So don't tell me that it's disrespectful for them to get pushed to a payback because it's not a SummerSlam. Don't even start that. Payback, sold out. Wherever else they're going, Fastlane, sold out. I'm sorry, you can't use that as an excuse anymore. Wisen up. Go buy yourself a box of Kleenex. Wipe the boogers from your nose. Wipe the fucking tears from your eyes. Do me a favor and shut the fuck up. Nothing about this is sexism. This is not a man versus woman narrative All everybody wants to do, and the IWC is very guilty of this, they'll find one narrative, latch their fucking gangly teeth on it, and then run with it like a bunch of zombies because everybody operates under the same fucking brain. All of these geeks in the IWC have one fucking brain, and not one of them can think for themselves. That's why we're the best. That's why what we do is better than everybody because we're level-headed and we tell you exactly how it is. Everybody else can suck my dick. It's not the end of the world. I promise you, you're not going to lose sleep over the fact that Becky Lynch is not on SummerSlam. She doesn't seem to give a shit. She's on some beach with a palm tree somewhere. Go look at her Twitter. I'm sure she's going to sleep very well tonight while she has a glass of red wine in her lap while she hears the sound of the ocean. But you are arguing for her on social media, and I guarantee you she doesn't give a fuck that she's not on SummerSlam. Maybe for the payday, but 
We don't really know if WWE PLEs pay out because they're on a streaming service. We don't know what the bonus is for said shows or if there is a bonus. Don't worry about it. Main event. Solo Sokoa. He went one-on-one with Jey Uso. This match took place at 9.45 Eastern. Solo took it to Jay very early on. Jay rolled to ringside. Solo told Jay he won't make it to SummerSlam. Solo rammed Jay into the table. Tossed the lid on top of the table away. Jay escaped because he was about to have a spinning solo executed to him through the table. And Jay super kicked Solo onto the announce desk. Jay then dove through the ropes, knocked him hard into the table, knocked Solo into the table. We go to commercial break. Solo had Jay on the mat with a nerve hold, that, uh, that death grip, that death vice on the trapezius area. They aired a clip of Solo giving Jay a belly-to-belly suplex during the commercial break. Nicely done. So he's, uh, Jay made it come back. And we're nearing the end of this thing. He scored a near fall off of a flying body press. Jay ducked a Samoan spike and then speared Solo. The symbolism of Jay spearing Solo is that that is Roman's finish. So basically, he's foreshadowing what he's doing to Roman tomorrow night. Maybe. Jay leapt off the top rope for a big splash. He wins the match with the Uso splash. Beats his brother. This is Solo's second pinfall loss on the main roster, I believe. First one came at the hands of Cody Rhodes. And that's the way the match ended. Solo attacked Jay at ringside after the match. Jay battled back and threw Solo into the timekeeper's area. Bashed him with a steel chair before standing on the announce desk and played up to the crowd. And Michael Cole goes off the air asking if Jay can do the unthinkable and knock off the tribal chief in front of 50,000 plus... At SummerSlam, and that's the way SmackDown goes off the air. I thought it was a good match. I thought the two brothers gave a very good match tonight on SmackDown, and I don't know why they needed to do that. I don't know why they made Solo look weak. I guess the perception that Jay can overcome Solo, and if he does, he has a chance to beat Roman. I don't know. You know, I don't really, uh, I'm not a big fan of Solo taking losses for no reason. You know, they built him up so beautifully. And this this loss doesn't really do anything to Solo because he lost to Jay. Jay's hot, right? Jay's his brother. Doesn't really do anything. Maybe it's a little kink in the armor, but it's not uh, anything that I'm going to lose sleep over. But I don't really like Solo losing. I don't. Uh, I thought that was uh, a little iffy as far as the creative direction there. But Jay gets the win. Will we see Jimmy tomorrow night? Jimmy emerge and return from his beatdown, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a very, very interesting night, man. I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. I'm looking forward to the story and the drama and the cinematics of Jay and Roman. I know there's going to be a big story to go off the air. I know it's going to get people talking. It's what WWE typically does with these things. Uh, Gunther and Drew McIntyre should be an absolute fucking clinic. It's going to be a banger. Ricochet versus Logan Paul should be an absolute banger. We have the world title and the whole Judgment Day drama. Balor challenging Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Should be a good show. Should be a good show. Should be a solid, solid show. And like I said, I will be covering all of it 
immediately after it goes off the air tomorrow night right here on the podcast. But I want to thank you guys very much for joining me on this Friday night. You guys are awesome. Thanks for hanging out with me. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well, man. It helps me out tremendously. I only see 700 likes. I need at least another 200. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up and you enjoyed the video, let me know by hitting that thumbs up, man. Leave me a comment as well. That helps me out tremendously. And tonight's show, as always, is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, the summer... Is rolling on and it's only getting hotter out there, guys. I talk about long-term booking all the time, man. There's nothing more satisfying than LTB. You guys can have LTB right in the fucking pocket whenever you need it. Whenever you need it, man. It is your own personal pen and paper. Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys use that code JD and you're going to get a free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready. Plan ahead whenever that opportunity arises. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. And the best part, guys, all done online. No doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to you very discreetly. So if you guys want to benefit from that extra confidence, why not give Blue Chew a try? Code JD at checkout. $5 shipping and handling is all you have to worry about. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the podcast right here. On off the script. Joseph Taylor with a two dollar super chat. JD, your favorite SummerSlam event, not named 2002. Easy, Joseph, 1997. Brett the Hitman Hart versus The Undertaker is the greatest single ending to a match in WWE history. Everything about it and that ending was perfect. J.A., Jamel Turney, and Hoodlum. You guys are all new members. Gentlemen, what the fuck are you guys drinking? Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Guess the Hurt Business replaces the Bloodline. Could be. Could be. Steven Garland becomes a new member. Steven, the fuck are you drinking, brother? Appreciate you, Steven. Thank you so much, man. Cutting my life into pieces. This 
Cameron Battle with a 499. I really hate how people try to put AEW versus WWE. Why can't we just be happy for both companies? Adam Cole, MJF, and the Bloodline story are both great. A lot of you guys are asking me already, man. Like, I didn't already explain this to you on Wednesday. I mean, if you're not watching the AEW stuff, man, it's not my fault you're uh, misinformed. Saturday is SummerSlam. I will not be watching Collision. I will not be covering Collision. I don't cover Collision every week. It is going to be tough on a Saturday night. People have lives. People have shit to do. There are other things that I need to be here for. You'll live. Nobody in the community is going to be covering Collision. Nobody. You're a lover. Sorry to hear that, man. Thoughts and prayers with your friend. Cameron, thank you so much, man. Tone C with a $2 super jack. Kid Rock is terrible. I agree. Cameron battle with a $4.99. EO Sky has been losing lately, so I can see her winning the championship. Damian Priest has been winning 1v1 matches, so I could see him losing. Listen, man, the way that I envision it, I would have Finn Balor win the title. I would have Finn Balor win the world title. I think Seth is injured. Seth is banged up. Get him out of there. And I would have Damian Priest try and cash in. Only for Finn Balor to be already ahead of the curve. When Damian Priest comes to cash in, that's when we see the debut of J.D. McDonough in Judgment Day. Just makes perfect sense. So Priest would fail to cash in because of J.D. McDonough. Damian Priest would get kicked out of Judgment Day. He would be replaced with J.D. McDonough and Balor and Priest can feed for the world title. woman with seven months hey jd seven months just flew by i enjoy what i see here and i'm proud to be a part of the ots family i am woman hear me roar i am woman i appreciate you being here thank you very much happy to have you for seven months i'd love to hear you roar all the time Cameron Battle with a 199. Triple H gets one cash in successfully, not both. No, there will not be two successful cash ins. There will not be two successful cash ins in WWE. Drizzy Drew with a new membership. Drizzy Drew, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Tay-Tay with 12 months. Missed SmackDown tonight because of a flight, but I heard business was booming again. Uh, I don't know if I'd say business was booming, Tay-Tay, but uh, tomorrow night, yes. Jason Barker, thank you again, brother, for the 100 bomb. Really, really appreciate you. Uncle Willie with 11 months. I'm drinking an Arizona iced tea. Not old enough to drink alcohol. I'm only 16 years old. Also, he prayers my uncle had a heart attack and is still alive. Well, 
Well, A, I'm glad that he's still here with us. B, my thoughts and prayers with you, Uncle Willie. And C, um, Arizona iced tea man loaded with sugar. Take it easy with that shit, brother. I used to love the Arizona green teas, man. Oh, I used to fucking down them like it was crazy, man. 99 cents in the Bronx. You go to a bodega, get an Arizona iced tea big can for 99 cents, man. Couldn't beat it. Blurred the nerd with $5. Out of the three promo videos today, I feel Oscar had the best one. Why does it feel like they are pushing a sexy Charlotte? I don't know, man. I don't give a fuck if Charlotte is sexy or unsexy or off my TV or on my TV. I just don't care. I don't care. Uh, the Craig with 11 months. Here's to 11 months celebrating it with an old-fashioned OTS for life. Craig, that's what I'm talking about, brother. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, you better fucking believe it. There's a there's a deli literally up the up the street where I live. Sausage, egg and cheese on a bagel or a roll, man, on a nice random morning. Take a walk. Beautiful morning out. Can't beat it, man. Those 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 breakfast sandwiches, man. Oh. Can't go wrong with that ever, man. Honestly. I'll have that breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I had an old-fashioned last night, man. It was 1.5 shots of old smoky peanut butter whiskey. 0.5 shots of a uh, regular Knob Creek. Some Angostura bitters. An orange peel. And a Luxardo cherry. A little too sweet for my liking. But uh, I think I may have to uh, go one shot, one shot. Mix the peanut butter whiskey and then the Knob Creek. I like to experiment. Tony Brown, $9.99. Bailey's absolutely incredible butt, period. Bailey has nice assets, Tony Brown. It's not my favorite, but Bailey has nice assets. Uh, in Fidelos with a $4.99. Yeah, LA and I botched the jump. But Seamus slipped and took both down after Big Sad. Hope Vince doesn't feel vindicated. We will see DJ Iffy. Christopher Smith with a 499. I did enjoy Cameron Grimes' result in theory. Grimes got to showcase his skills in theory. Look good to me. Can't really look uh, good in three minutes, brother. I mean, you could, but it's nothing that's going to be remembered. Darius with a new membership. Thank you, Darius the official. What the fuck are you drinking, Darius? Paul David Elliott with a $5 Super J. Yankees lose and the Braves win. Braves are the first team to 70 wins. 70 wins. I hope they play this well in the playoffs. Matt, the PW fan with a $20 Super Chat. Haven't sent a Super Chat in a while, but I always support you, and I will always have your back. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't want to see Mercedes in AEW until they improve upon their women's division. 
Matt, appreciate you, brother. And um, it's funny you say that, man. Jesse and I actually said that same exact thing in the video you guys are going to see tomorrow. VIPs, you're going to get it early tonight. I just got to make a thumbnail for it. Robert Hawley with a $1 super chat. Thank you, Roberts. 20-minute promo. There he is. What's going on, man? This guy's been sending me intelligence, intelligent tweets on Twitter, man. I love it. I said it on Twitter earlier. You don't microwave a turkey. You slow roast it to perfection. And Rhea and Raquel hasn't even started cooking. It's a great analogy, man. I usually use the cookie analogy. Can't put raw fucking cookies in the oven and expect them to be done in 30 seconds. Even though I like raw cookie. I mean, who doesn't? It's not something I want to eat. I want a nice, moist, pull-apart, chocolatey cookie. People are just impatient, man. They're fucking dumb. The community is dumb. That's, that's what it boils down to. They're dumb. Robert Hawley with a $2 super chat. What I saw with Shotzi and Bailey made me what the fuck. Yeah, me too. Glad you guys laughed at my stupidity, man. Jason Barker again with a $5 super chat. Thank you, bro. Uh, the people who were not watching Black and Gold were out smelling the polluted air in Newark, New Jersey. Every time I drive on the Garden State Parkway, man, or the, uh, what is it? Yeah, it's the Garden State Parkway. Man, that's... There's a specific area, man. You gotta roll, you gotta roll the windows up. You can't roll with the windows down. Dom Wapo with a 199. Do you have a Discord server? Yes, I do, Dom Wapo. I should tweet that out, or actually not tweet it out. I should put it in the members only for YouTube. I will do that uh, along with the video tonight, Dom Wapo. Moist. It's one of those words that uh, is very subjective to people, man. Some people don't like the word moist. Raymond Moore with a new membership and a $2 super chat. What is your favorite finish from any SummerSlam? Bret Hart versus The Undertaker, 1997 for the WWF title. Jedi Jugger, 26 months. Thank you, bro. My picks for tomorrow. Logan Paul, Charlotte, Finn. Finn wins the title. Priest Cashin, Roman, Cody, Shayna beats Ronda. Drew, new IC champ. LA Knight wins Battle Royal. Drew, Andrew Baydala and myself will have SummerSlam predictions noon live on YouTube. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. Also, hope we see Orton tomorrow. Is my 30th birthday. All I want is a good show. It should be a good show, bro. It should be a very, very good show. Susan D'Ambrosio with a new membership. Susan, how many times are you a new member, Susan? I don't believe you. Susan's been here for forever. Thank you. GVO Light with a $5 super chat. Imagine Adam Cole wins the match and MJF grabs the mic and says the match wasn't for the world championship. Cole didn't read the contract. I could see that happening. I could absolutely see that happening. That would be totally MJF. Wapa Tapa with a $2 super chat. Greetings from Nakas Ongola. 
Nakasongola. Where the hell is that, Wapatapa? Don Parker with a $5 super gel. Let's hope Vince gets indicted soon. I hope Vince just goes away forever, man. Vince should be behind bars. Great fucking song, ain't it? Isn't Red Skies a banger? DGK Dog with nine months. Could you see Rhea versus Becky main eventing when we get to night one of WrestleMania next year? Yes. Yes, I can. Jay and Joe's World of the 499. Appreciate you guys. Do you think The Rock will show up at SummerSlam? I don't really give a shit. If he's there, he's there. If he's not, I ain't losing sleep. Campaign Poppy with a 199. JD, Randy, or Rock return at SummerSlam? I prefer Randy. Don Parker with a $5 Super Chat. What if Finn beats Rollins and Priest cashes in on Roman? Priest is not cashing in on Roman. Roman is not losing the titles. Wapatapa with a $2 super jet. Hey, JD, do you think Lufisto is into Lufisting? Thank you for the $2 super chat. Wapatapa. From Destination Unknown. Salvatore Soria with a $5 super chat. I think the winner of the Battle Royal, whether from Raw or SmackDown, should get a future IC or US title shot. It will match the winner and be important. Sounds like a good idea to me. Zumba Cliff with a $20 super chat. All I want to see during SummerSlam is the Jay Uso come out to his old theme song, OTS for Life. Please give a shout out to Douglas the Messiah for putting me on you. Five-star podcast. Zumba Cliff. Thank you, brother, for the 20. And uh, Douglas the Messiah. Keep spreading the good word, brother. Day Lynn, nine months. Yeah. Much love, brother. Thank you, Day Lynn. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. I like Arnold Palmer's half iced tea, half lemonade. Yes, so do I. Alcoholic is even better, Joseph. If you guys want a good Arnold Palmer, Liquid Death has the armless Palmer. It's delicious. Honestly, it's not too sweet. It is base. It is perfect. Perfectly balanced half and half. Sue Childress with a 20 or 30. I'm sorry, Sue. A $30 super chat. Oh, super chat. Thank you, Sue. JD, I'm getting tired, but I wanted to leave you 30. Can't hardly wait till Saturday. What are you drinking? Drink up. I appreciate you. Sue, I appreciate you, Sue. Christopher Smith with a 499. 
What is one SummerSlam moment that always sticks with you? For me, it was SummerSlam 2008 when Jericho punched HBK's wife. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, there's a couple, Christopher. Um, Bret Hart versus Doink the Clown at 1993. All a swerve by Jerry the King Waller. Loved it. SummerSlam 91, Bret the Hitman Hart versus Mr. Perfect. 1997, Bret versus The Undertaker. Main event. 2002, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Rock losing to Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. That's easily the best SummerSlam. 2002 is the best SummerSlam, bar none. CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar. The Authority turning on Brian Danielson. John Cena going to Suplex City. There's a ton of SummerSlam moments. Love it. Cisco with the $5 Super Chat upgraded from third to first row for Monday Night Raw. OTS signed income. I love it, man. I love it. Maybe you guys are going to get kicked out. Can't wait. Mike NY with a $2 Super Chat. Big E career over. Said if it is. Big E will be back if Big E could be back. Neck injuries are nothing to play with, but Soraya came back from a neck injury. Edge came back from a neck injury, and Edge has done some of the best work of his career. So I think Big E will be uh, back when he is ready to be back. And Daniel Malcolm with a 199. We on that Rumple Mints. I'm not sure I'd be a fan of that, Daniel. Rumple Mints. Yes, the second ladder match between Razor and HBK, yes. Absolutely. Guys, that is all I got for you, man. We got a busy day on Saturday. Hopefully you guys are ready. We got a lot of content coming, man. We got that video going up with Jesse and I talking about the Lufisto AEW women's locker room situation. Andrew Baydala and myself will be live 12 p.m. Notifications are going to be going out tonight. SummerSlam preview predictions and then tomorrow the main event. SummerSlam right here, right after the show is over on Off the Script with the official SummerSlam live stream tomorrow night. Guys, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for the new memberships. You guys are going to enjoy being here, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Let's try for 40 more likes, guys. Can we get to 800 tonight? Go check out all the other content on the channel, including, I think, yesterday's Vince McMahon video. Great stuff. 
today's LA Night video, great stuff, and everything else you might have missed. And as always, guys, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow, noon, lunchtime. Andrew Bedell and myself, SummerSlam preview and predictions right here on OTS. Enjoy your nights, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow for SummerSlam. Just to feel something. Cause I